0: EMS One Academy, a training solution designed for EMS Chiefs, offers more than 200 courses and 250 hours of continuing education. Our modern learning solution includes flexible reporting capabilities and features to upload agency-specific courses and track credentials for recertification. Easily streamline daily administrative workflow with EMS One Academy. Start your free trial. Visit www.emsoneacademy.com slash inside EMS.
1: Well it's about that time to go inside EMS. I'm your host, Chris Sabolero, and here he is, my friend, the guy. I got this guy in Louisiana, <laughs> Kelly Grayson, KG. What's going on?
0: Oh man, I'm making it, man. I'm, I'm living the dream.
1: What is that dream, by the way? Let's let's. Like, everybody says. <laughs> well, that.
0: sometimes it's, sometimes it's a nightmare, but <laughs> I see. <man>. So <laughs> Just it's saving lives, that. stamping out disease and pestilence, you know, the usual.
1: How's that? How's that stamping out going? Because you seem to be stamping it out every week.
0: Yeah, well, it's uh, disease and pestilence are, are hard to stamp out, man. They stay ahead of you.
1: So I thought it was I thought it was very really cute, and I've you know I've known you for some time, and uh, you know I've known your daughter since she was little. I actually got mm-hmm. a chance to meet her, and you recently posted a comment about um, when you guys were in Walmart. <laughs> yeah. you gotta you gotta share that with the audience because i think that that was just hilarious uh
0: yeah I was in, i was in walmart and and uh one of the walmartians uh walked by and it's a woman in in a uh, she probably weighs 200 pounds uh in a two short denim skirt uh really ratty cowboy boots not not hot girl sundress southern girl in in tool leather cowboy boots but like Scuffed up, down at the heel, ropers that that most you know work hands wouldn't wear, uh, and she's wearing a uh, a muscle shirt, a, a tank top, um, showing off her obviously pregnant belly. And I mean, the shirt was so tight that you could see that a she wasn't wearing a bra, and b uh, you could see her belly button through the shirt. It was so tight. And I turned to Katie Beth and I said, "If you ever wear anything like that when you're pregnant." I will disown you. <laughs> you're not going to wear that trashy outfit in public. Uh, you get pregnant, you're going to wear proper maternity wear, so on and so forth. And she said, I'm not wearing that period. And I said, what the, the trashy outfit or the maternity wear? She said, either one, I ain't wrecking this body for no baby. I said, oh, I love you child. Uh,
1: and how old <laughs> um, is she? now? 16. She's, she,
0: she'll, she'll be, 16 be 16 in November. November. Um, uh, hopefully, you know, I'll, I'll be a granddad one day, but right now I'm glad that she is not worried about that I, ain't, She said I'm I'm adopted. I ain't wrecking this body for no babies
1: That is hilarious So, you know, Kelly, there's been a lot of uh, chatter, a lot of discussion You and I, I sent you a, a story and it's gotten a lot yeah. of traction And uh, really at all corners of the EMS career field is this bill in California to where they want to allow uh, convicted felons, nonviolent convicted felons, <laughs> to be able to recertify an EMS. And what we thought would be interesting is, you know, you and I have our feelings about it, but we wanted to be able to take a point-counterpoint discussion about it, where you know you're going to take the pros uh, the con side of it, I'm going to take the pro side of it, and let's see what we can work out. Now, our goal here isn't to change each other's mind. Our goal is just to get the points out of this story and uh, see where it plays out. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. So, uh, one, the, at at me, bro. one of the things that you one of the things that you put on uh, Facebook when I sent this story to you was you think it's a bad idea, What <coughs> you followed it up with it's not the fact of the rehabilitation; it's the fact that they're using EMS and it's a disrespectful. Process. So, can you just give us your your thought on what that means.
0: Well, it's one thing to say, uh, and I think we should all strive to, to you know uh, rehabilitate uh, people in our criminal justice system. Uh, you know, we incarcerate the largest number of, uh, the largest percentage of our citizens in the industrialized world, uh, maybe the entire world. Um, so, obviously, locking people up and, and, and punishment and interdiction uh, for drug problems is not working. Um, but we, what we're lacking is, is some way to integrate these people back into society once they've paid, their, paid the debt for their crimes. Um, and, and that's great. We need to be focusing on rehabilitation. However, um, the recidivism rate for felons is something like 75%. Most of these people, even the nonviolent ones, um, especially those drug crimes, um, recommit a felony within five years. Um, and it's one thing to talk about on an individual case-by-case basis uh, whether someone deserves a second chance uh, and and has paid their debt to society and how we might integrate them back into society and give them a, paying, uh, a well-paying job that doesn't... Uh, uh, that, that helps keep them uh, on the straight and narrow and, and not have to commit crimes again. But it's another thing entirely to say, well, we need to rehab all these felons. What's a, what's a profession they could go into where there's a low bar to entry and not a whole lot of professional standards? Oh, I know. Let's all make them EMTs. I think that is, the sh- that is incredibly insulting to EMS, um, and I think it's a really, really stupid proposal. Can't can't say it any plainer than that.
1: You know, so I think, you know, you bring up some good points. And, you know, one of the things that you talked about was rehabilitation. Hopefully when they've been released from their crime, whatever that was, (laughs) from their time that they did, they should have been rehabilitated, whether they've gotten parole, whether they've finished their sentence, whatever it is. So rehabilitation should have taken place already. So we think about this from a standpoint of nonviolent felons. Um, which could have been a couple of DWIs, um, which could have been being in the wrong place at the wrong time, (coughs) which could have been uh, growing up in an environment where you thought selling drugs was the way to go, um, getting caught and getting put in jail for that. So when we think about the thought of EMS, EMS is in a position where, and I'm trying to figure out how to make this argument, EMS is in a position (laughs) where they are shorthanded. I mean, we know that we're mm-hmm. short-handed, And if we have people that have done their crime and done their time and have been rehabilitated, who's to say they should not be allowed to do the job that they want to do? You know, you say that 75%, and I don't know if this is an accurate number that was
0: that, that was in an article posted in that comment right? okay
1: 75 yeah. percent commit crime um, and and I think a lot of the reason they're recommitting crime is because they're not getting opportunities they have the mm-hmm. stigma that they're felons they have the stigma that they're not able to uh, you know uh, in, integrate back into society and then the only thing they're able to do is the only thing that they've known in the past and oh that's, that's an excellent point so I think that one of the things that we talk about from the standpoint of EMS, is it truly disrespectful to say, we're going to pick EMS and we're going to let them, or to say, you know what, we have a shortage. If there is people who want to become EMTs, who want to be able to do this job, because you know what, you know they, they, they did a crime, they were against the society, they did their time, but now they want to do something more and they want to help people. Is that a bad focus for this bill?
0: Uh, uh, yes, I still think it's a bad focus for the bill. I mean, once again, I go back to the individual uh, case-by-case review of, of felons um, uh, applying for EMT certification. You know, National Registry has had a, a policy in that regard uh, for, for many, many years, years now, right. and there are convicted felons who are working uh, uh, right now as EMPs and, and paramedics. Uh, but, but those things are reviewed on a case by case basis. Um, but if you fish in a cesspool, uh, you're not going to get tasty fish the majority of the time. And that's the thing, you know, if if your talent pool that you're recruiting from, uh, is convicted felons, uh, you're going to have a lot of problems. Um, and and I also kind of reject the notion that this is, the EMS in California specifically, that EMS in California is is a sufficient means to rehabilitate these people and give them well-paying jobs. That's the emphasis, well-paying jobs, uh, to keep them on the straight and narrow because, quite frankly, uh, EMT wages in in many parts of California are pretty egregiously low. Uh, I work with a number of people who have come from... Uh, California EMTs ENTs and paramedics and, and come to work for Acadian who have, uh, you know, combined with the, the decrease in cost of living have darn near doubled their salary by moving away from California. So, and I'm sure that that, you know, there are pockets uh, where people are, are well compensated for their time uh, and I'm sure working in the fire department they probably are, are fairly well paid. Um, but working in private EMS and, and some of the smaller agencies out there they're not going to get paid well for their time. Um, couple that with the fact that the the vast majority of these nonviolent uh, felons were drug offenders um, who, say what you will about the prison system, you know, uh, you can probably get clean from drugs in the prison system. Um, it, it is harder. It's not, by no means impossible to get drugs in prison, but it's much harder to get drugs in prison. Um mm-hmm. And, uh, and say, you know, we talked say. in previous addiction episodes about uh, how that was some people's only uh, means of, of getting clean was get thrown in jail. Um, but I don't think it's a real good idea to put someone with a drug abuse history uh, in close proximity uh, to um, potent narcotics. Uh, and, and that's another issue that, that I don't think they adequately understand. Um, so what you're just, saying
1: though, it, It's just uh, so what you're saying though, basically, is that the people who have committed these crimes and now have been "quote unquote" rehabilitated because they've done something in the past, the assumption should be that they're just going to commit a crime in the future.
0: No, I'm I'm not. Well, yes, I probably am saying that. That's exactly uh, what you're saying. To. That that that's that's an overgeneralization. However, um, you know, uh, <laughs> it's an over-general- overgeneralization based on pretty, pretty compelling statistics. Um, and I kind of also would argue the notion that people who have, who have served their uh, sentence in our U.S. judicial and penal system have actually been rehabilitated. What they've done is served their sentence, but they haven't been rehabilitated. You, you should know as well as I do that the prison system, as we have it in this country, doesn't do much to rehabilitate people. What it does is institutionalize them, uh, which is a, a very bad thing. Um, so we're trying to take people who have who've been behind bars and done what is necessary uh, and learned the behavior necessary to survive behind bars and then expecting them to go into positions of trust uh, and walk into people's homes uh, and, and be trusted with information that they won't even tell their own priest. Uh, I, I don't think that's a, a, a good uh, a good position to put these people in. I, I wholly support that they should have some means of rehabilitation, but I don't think public safety and public health and, and positions of public trust are the way to go. Uh, you know, call me call me a, an old fuddy duddy and call me uh, judgmental, but um, I don't think that's the 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 uh recruit pool that we need to be uh mining you know and, and, and so you yeah.
1: have you have a lot of things i think that you've said in that in that exchange again you know we're we're what we're doing is we're labeling people for their past and have you ever worked with somebody kelly who was a uh, oh most no chef? definitely yes yeah, so definitely. Definitely. I've, I've got what type of employees voice. were they what type of employees were they <clears throat> They were stellar
0: employees. I'll, I'll tell a brief little little anecdote. Um, I was teaching a paramedic class uh, many years ago, and one of my students in that paramedic class, uh, who was also my assistant instructor in an EMT class, uh, came up to me afterwards and said, uh, or came up to me in class, and, and uh, I had asked him for some paperwork, the felony affidavit. And he said, hey, man, um, I, I can't give you that felony affidavit. Uh, I don't want to lie on that form, and I was, I was surprised, I said, you know, what kind of, what do you mean, uh, are, are you a convicted felon, he said, yeah, um, and I said, well, you know, the National Registry um, takes these things on a case-by-case basis, maybe it's not so bad, you know, tell me what you did, and they said, well, it was uh, two counts of armed robbery, five counts of grand theft, auto, drug possession, resisting arrest by flight, and two counts of kidnapping, uh, over a, a five state crime spree. <laughs> and I went, okay, I, I really don't think that's going to, uh, be, uh, looked upon favorably by the national registry. But, you know, he went on to explain the story that he was a messed up kid with a self medicating. Um, and, and that's how he developed a drug problem. He was 17 years old, undiagnosed bipolar disorder. And, uh, he was, um, he he robbed two people at a country club uh, for drug money. And one of the places he was caught was the woman said, my medication's in that purse. Can I at least have my purse back? And he said, yes, ma'am. you can have your purse back. <laughs> you know, and they, they got fingerprints. Um, but uh, in that case, the prosecuting attorney, who was by then a, a district judge, uh, his probation officer, virtually everybody involved in that case, from his defense lawyer and probation uh, officer to to uh, the people responsible for putting him in jail, vouched for him and said, "Look, he, you know, this was a bad situation. He was a good kid uh, who who messed up, and he paid his debt to society. And we don't think he's a, a threat to to commit crime anymore." Um, and National Registry looked at that and said, "We agree. Welcome to our profession." Um, and a funny story is is a. Is, uh, Later, a few months later, uh, we were treated to a state dinner uh, for our EMT class for having a, uh, an almost perfect pass-fail rate uh, uh, on the registry exam. And one of our EMT students, who uh, was, you know, feeling no pain after uh, a little flush with victory after passing his national registry exam, told our state EMS director, Oh, I've cranked in, uh, I've... Uh, Manufactured enough LSD to crank a Caterpillar road grader, <laughs> and she just looked kind of shocked. And and uh, my uh, assistant instructor and I both said, "Well." And what he didn't say is, is he no longer does that. He was a messed up teenager with his brother uh, manufacturing the drugs. He hasn't done that in some years. And the EMS has turned his life around, right? And he's "Oh yeah, yeah, right. I don't do that kind of stuff anymore. I I, I didn't." You know, I, I'm a different person now than I was then. Uh, but both of those people, uh, the the drug manufacturer and the and the armed robber, went on to long standing careers with uh and, and are well respected and and uh, still continue those careers today. So yes, there are personal success stories. Um, there are just as many, probably more so, of people who. Uh, who didn't have felony convictions, um, who have turned out to be really sorry EMTs and poor human beings at that, um, and that's recruiting from a non-felon revenue pool. My issue is, man, we have enough PR problems, as it is, of our own making <laughs> from the from the, the, the non-criminal conviction group. Why are we looking to recruit uh, EMTs from felons? That that's, seems like we're going backwards
1: there. Well, I think, you know, so if, if we take this process, and I think you bring up some good points in that discussion, one of the things that I think, you know, we've got to think about here is the people that want to do a job that have had some speed bumps, whether it's been legal or illegal, mm-hmm. and the ability to do a job that they choose to do. Now, there's nothing in this bill that says, we are just going to train all the felons who are being released from prison and make them EMTs. What they're saying is, if there are felons who want to become EMTs, we're going to give them the opportunity to do that. So, Well, yeah, no that, one, that no text
0: ever, was added as that bill originally stood before it passed out of committee. Um, uh, I don't think that it had that relevant text in there.
1: Um, so it was a lot,
0: lot broader than it was when initially submitted.
1: One of the things that I think this came from, and, and if anybody out there knows this to be false or true or false, please let me know. I think this started by California wanting to use felons as wildfire fighters, mm-hmm. and then it kind of snowballed into this process of um, of using them as EMTs as well. But you know, I want to go to that that messed up kid, that seventeen year old kid who decided mm-hmm. to take in a drug. You know, and one of the things that I grew up in New York City and, and growing up we spent our time on the streets and, you know, we think about what life was like back in the in the day of, uh, you know, the 80s when we were in the streets until the street lights came on and I know you can't probably relate in the sense of... Uh, you know the truck and tractor pull states, but <laughs> um, that's, that's just my how <laughs> how <laughs> <laughs> That's just my that's just my swipe at you. But uh, um, but you know what, in my in my neighborhood, there were kids who got into selling angel dust. Was big at the time. LSD was big at the time. Quaaludes were big at the time. So you know, you're dating yourself, man. This, dude, this is this is going back, man. You know, but here's the point I'm trying to make: the kids that got involved with the gangs and and the drugs, they thought that it was normal what they were doing because they were hanging out with the normal kid, the, the older kids who were saying, "Yeah, we've been doing this for years and years," and you know. So, but then they get caught, and then they have to go to jail, and now yeah. they're going through the process of finishing their high school or doing whatever it is that they have to do to be released from their program. Should their life be scarred forever because of that one problem?
0: Oh man, you you, you pose a thorny question. Uh the, the humanitarian says no. Uh, the cynic in me says, eh, well, uh, yeah, fine, as long as it's in somebody else's neighborhood and somebody else's EMS system. Uh, um
1: yeah, you know, I know,
0: and don't, I know don't that
1: like that and, and I don't know that anyone's just, ever asked me on a call, yeah, if I was a felon or not.
0: Well, no, uh, because there's an automatic assumption that if you're wearing an EMT patch on your shoulder and you respond to a nine one one call, that you're an upstanding citizen. Uh, but there was there was a poll um, posted in that comment thread where they asked people their their opinion about. Uh, uh, about potential felons being uh, play, being EMTs or members of public safety. And the vast majority of respondents in that poll said that they would feel uncomfortable uh, knowing that I've their EMT or never. cop or firefighter or whatever I was a convicted felon. So there there are public expectations to manage as well. And, and like it or not, we are in a position of trust. Uh, sometimes even without accepting convicted felons on a widespread basis (laughs) into our midst, we abuse that position of trust anyway. Um, We don't need any more negative marks.
1: Let me add to that, though, okay? So the way that this, the, the way that they got this information was 2,400 phone surveys Mm-hmm. And the phone survey, was, uh-huh. yeah, polls are, are not me, the best. Let me ask you a question: Would you feel comfortable with a felon who was an EMT? Oh my gosh, no, I wouldn't. There's no, there was no precursor to that. I'm sure there was no. So let's talk about this 17 year old kid. You know, I would think that all the people who have come up to you in the in the Windy Dixie. You know, who have said you helped me with my grandma, grandmom. You were the one that held the umbrella. You know, that's one of the stories you talk about. Yeah, would they be now um, disappointed to find out that when you were 16 or 17 years old, you had a nonviolent drug felony? Uh,
0: I don't know. Um, I would like to think that people are are uh, more accepting and less judgmental than that, but that's not human nature. Uh,
1: no, it's not. Um, but I no, think that it's, that's it's why that survey, nature, could have been, that survey could have been slighted in the sense of, you know, you get, you know, Mr. and Mrs. So-and-so on the phone and say, you know, how do you feel about your public service? Would you feel comfortable with a felon coming into your house and taking uh, care of you?
0: Yeah, I fully agree. Surveys are, are um, incomplete and, and they introduce bias and, and you can't place... 100% faith in, in the results of a survey, if, you know, uh, by by phone polls and phone surveys. Uh, um, if my responses are be, to be believed, uh, I have no guns in my home. Uh, you right. know, That's right. because it's nobody's business. Right. But um, so yeah, she can't place 100% faith in that. But but my experience with people as well, and the, and the 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 patients I take care of, yeah, I do think. That many of them would be a little trepidatious uh, to know uh, that their EMT uh, had a criminal history. Um, that's just human nature, um, and and that's a that's a hard thing to. Admittedly, that's a hard thing for for a uh, uh, rehabilitated felon to overcome is, is overcome that stigma. Um, but it's a stigma for a reason. You know, they have violated the laws of our society, and that carries with it consequences beyond uh just the the criminal con or the the penal consequences and the uh of, of committing the crime uh society looks at you differently um maybe attitudes will change uh over time but right now i don't think we're at that point i don't think that's a good pool to recruit from you know and, and there were folks in that thread that i know from from private messages uh asking advice and everything um that that have had checkered pasts uh, in their youth and and um, uh, doing just the sort of things that that you describe from you know kids in your neighborhood uh, and and they have gone on to productive careers in EMS uh, despite that past. Um, so you know once again I reiterate that that I'm okay with individual case by case review. Of, of people with criminal histories applying to EMS. I do not think it should be blanket. What I am opposed to is a program, a, a government-sponsored program that uh, views EMS as a means to rehabilitate the, the felons in their state. I think that's a really, really bad idea. Number one, because the recruit pool we're from is is contaminated just a bit. Uh, and the other, because uh, government... Programs are the ultimate blunt weapon, uh, and they're they're by their very nature uh, inefficient uh, and uh, and generally ineffective at what they propose to do. So uh, I kind of uh, turn a a really skeptical eye to that sort of thing.
1: Yeah. Well, I think that one of the things that we have is we have an, an issue here that really kind of opens up the heartstrings of the people that are commenting and you know I think that I agree with you that if we push people into a career field that they don't want to be in we're gonna get the uh, we're gonna get the professionalism out that we should expect oh, we, you know there are people who do that now there are people who don't have felons who don't have felonies who are in the EMS career field that don't want to be but are only stopping because they have nothing else that they can do and we do see that uh, lack of professionalism in them as well. But, you know, I think this is one of those issues, Kelly, that, you know, we're going to see, man. And we're just going to have yeah. to be able to make the determinations. I've In my career, I've known people that have been felons. I have known people that have been drug felons mm-hmm. that have been great paramedics and who were sorry for the things that they did and, you know, worked out to be great, um, uh, you know, caregivers. I have known great caregivers, role model caregivers that have fallen by the wayside Mm -hmm. and have become addicted to drugs in their process of treating patients. And, you know, I think that this is just one of those topics where we are going to have to think about globally what we want as a career field and how do we want to attain that. And, you know, I agree with you 100% that we shouldn't be blanketing that everyone who's coming out of prison in California automatically gets a CPR card and the an ACLS card and becomes paramedics or EMTs but I do think that there needs to be the opportunity that if people want to help other people who have maybe not lived on the straight and narrow we need to be able to be a little bit of forgiving I mean how long is our purgatory I gotta tell you man between you and me I've got yeah. some things in my youth that uh, maybe I should have been incarcerated for but but I was in a position where I said, you know, I want to help people in the end. But if yeah. I would have gotten caught, I may be one of these people that uh, we're talking about nowadays. But, yeah. you know.
0: Yeah, let, let he use without sin, cast Exactly, the first stone. is what I want. And was. I ain't going to be throwing any stones because I'm in the same boat as you. There are some things that I would have that I've done in my youth that, that probably should have seen me get thrown in jail, but I didn't get caught. Exactly. Um,
1: exactly.
0: Yeah, and, and compelling case, a compelling case can be made that someone who has that checkered past and who has suffered the consequences of their poor decisions might be a more compassionate and understanding caregiver uh, to, to the patients that have done the same. You know, how many times have we seen in these comment threads uh, on social media about, uh, Layperson use of naloxone, right. uh, where some of our supposedly caregiver colleagues say, "Well, you know, let let nature take its course. Right. You know, they, the junkies junkies deserve to die." That kind of stuff. Um, I could I could totally see that a uh, a reformed drug addict who has placed you know has gone on to a career in healthcare would be far more understanding, and compassionate to someone who's overdosed. Right. Uh, than than those judgmental types, so I, I get that, you know. And, and, and Ray's, uh, in Ray's uh, in Ray Kemp's uh, you know documentary, uh, uh, not my addiction. One of the the main characters in that in that documentary is a former EMT who right. got it got a drug problem. Right. Um, and so on an individual basis, I, I would not uh, dispute that that many of these people are well suited to be EMTs and should be given forgiven for their crimes. I just don't think it should be a uh, a blanket thing. I think we should individually review these things. But hey, that's what we think. We'd like to know what you think. Uh, is this program a good idea? Is it, is it a potentially um, a way f- uh, to rehabilitate felons and, and not damage the EMS career field? We'd like to hear your thoughts on it. Email us at the show at ems1.com. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes. And for myself and co-host Chris Olero two of the most law-abiding people you'll ever meet. Thanks for tuning in to Inside EMS. We'll catch you guys next week.